Well, if you follow the NFL in the slightest, you already know by now that perhaps the biggest story of week one was the future Hall of Famer Aaron Rodgers, the Jets' savior, tore his Achilles on the fourth play of the season. The Jets somehow got the 16-13 to win over the Bills, a lot of help from the uh, Buffalo quarterback Josh Allen, who turned the ball over four times. But obviously, again, the, the big story, Aaron Rodgers and, and and what the Jets do now, they turned to Zach Wilson, who was able to get the job done on Monday. But uh, we'll see if he is the long-term solution. He seems to be for now, as the Jets going to go with Wilson, uh, at least against Dallas this Sunday. And, and to talk about the Jets and, and their quarterback conundrum and a lot of other issues and, and topics around the NFL for Week 1, our ESPN front office insider, Mike Tannenbaum, who was the GM of the Jets and, and took them to the brink of a couple Super Bowls with Mark Sanchez at the helm. And and, and Mike T, let's, you know, kind of play Freaky Friday. If if you, again, if you wake up in the shoes of, of Jets GM Do, Joe Douglas on, on Tuesday, what steps would you have taken over the past 48, 72 hours to try to, to, to fix or at least improve the quarterback situation for the New York Jets? Yeah, candidly, it would have started uh, Monday night. I would have called Don Yee, the agent for uh, Tom Brady, you know, from the stadium, and I would have said, hey, you know, <clears throat> look, people always identify you as a New England Patriot, but you have a chance to win a championship. You know, this is uh, your, your legacy. And um, I, I would have uh, really d- do everything within reason, you know, to try to convince him. Um, so actually that process starts um, – literally from the stadium mm-hmm. and I heard Robert Salas comment Cyrus, but I don't believe him. You know, I just think actions speak louder than words. And it's clear to me that, uh, <clears throat> they clearly didn't believe in Zach Wilson because if they did, you know, Aaron Rodgers wouldn't have been there in the first place. Right. Well, Mike T I can, I can certainly appreciate the aggressiveness to, to, to try and get Tom Brady to really, uh, switch sides on the Patriots. Obviously he went to, to play for the Buccaneers, but just just days after uh, getting inducted into the Patriots Hall of Fame, you would have called him and see if you wanted to play for a division rival, which would have been, I mean, frankly, as a as a as a neutral uh, spectator for the AFC East, would have been awesome, but still sort of a pipe dream. Mike T, if you can't get Brady, what are the next steps? What are the next couple quarterbacks you're looking at to to come in and and I guess replace Zach Wilson? Yeah, the verb candidly is the scour. You know, Cyrus, we're, we're going to look at Colt McCoy. We're going to look at Matt Ryan. We're going to look at trades for Jameis Winston, Ryan Tannehill. Um, we're going to look at any option, including Matt Stafford, to see maybe if he's available, you know, from the Rams. Again, talking the Jets quarterback conundrum and going to get into a few other issues with our ESPN front office insider, Mike Tannenbaum, again here on ESPN West Palm tonight. And, the Jets have not made a move at quarterback. It certainly seems like it's going to be Zach Wilson facing that uh, really, really tough Dallas Cowboys defense in Big D this Sunday. And Mike T, how, how long do you think the rope is with Zach Wilson? Obviously, the Jets trusting him enough to give him one game. But if he underperforms, if he doesn't get it done, if he looks like the Zach Wilson at old, of old, is this going to be one and done for Wilson? Will, will the Jets have a new quarterback next week? Yeah, I think it has to be an incredibly short leash, Cyrus, because they have a good football team. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as you know, only seven teams make the playoffs in the conference. So 
if I'm the Jets, you know, he's going to start against Dallas because you can't get somebody else ready. But, you know, that leash to me is really, really short because I want to go win a championship this year. And if I can bring in a guy that's going to minimize my chances of making mistakes, I, I got to do that. Mike T, I think the best case scenario would be a, a guy who, who you already mentioned, Matt Stafford, who looked pretty phenomenal considering his wide receiver core out in Seattle this past weekend. But let's say you can't get Matt Stafford. If you do have to pull a guy off the street, Matt Ryan, does this team still, with with a guy like Matt Ryan, have the capability to to contend for a, a division championship and and ultimately a Super Bowl? Yeah, absolutely. You know, they're 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 talented, and they would have to win games differently for a few weeks until Matt Stafford or Matt Ryan, you know, got up to speed. But a- absolutely, this is a very talented team. It's well built. Um, I do have concerns about their offensive line, which you know, obviously, sort of many others, but. Um, yeah, this is a team that should be able to contend if they get, you know, I would say B or better quarterback play. And again, I think Matt Stafford, if the Rams, you know, think, hey, we're closer to being out of the playoffs than in the playoffs, I think it's something they got to consider. You know, it's a little bit like what happened with Sam Bradford um, <clears throat> and with the Eagles a couple of years ago when, unfortunately, Teddy Bridgewater, you know, from down here in Florida got hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, what They made a trade and got um, – Sam Bradford for Teddy Bridgewater and Philadelphia, ironically, it rushed them to put um, Carson Wentz on the field. So to me, Cyrus, like if I'm the Rams and I could get a first round pick and maybe a good young player like a Jermaine Johnson, for example, I have to consider that. So if I'm the Jets, I'm looking at Matt Stafford, Matt Ryan, again, Jameis Winston, who's played good football despite you know his turnover problems. But I have a chance to have a really good team this year, and I owe it to my organization to do that. Again, here with our ESPN front office insider, Mike Tannenbaum on ESPN West Palm tonight. And Mike T, speaking of turnovers, Josh Allen, four of them in that game against the Jets. And, and I don't think the Jets win that game without all four of those Josh Allen turnovers. And, and, and Josh Allen leading the league in turnovers since 2018 and I think is has you know basically averaging two fumbles uh, and interceptions combined in his last 20 games. I mean, Mike T. It, at, at this point, is it is it really start to worry about time to start worrying about uh, Josh Allen's inability to really take care of the football? Because at the end of the day, he, he he can be Superman. He can beat any quarterback in the league we've seen. But look, the number one job for for a QB is ball security. Yeah, I'm so glad that you brought this up. It's really like the biggest surprise of the first week is you know him not learning that. <clears throat> hey, I'm no longer playing Aaron Rodgers. I'm playing Zach Wilson. Mm-hmm. You know, in Buffalo, we have a good defense. And if we're going to lose, let's make sure we lose because, you know, Zach Wilson beats our defense and he handed them a game. And he's got to know, like, that that can't happen. Mike T, the good news for the Bills is that the Chiefs and the Bengals, the the other uh, two teams who who, who you would think are are kind of the favorites uh, coming out of the AFC, at least at the start of the season, they also lost. And starting with the Bengals, Joe Burrow looked really ineffective against the Browns, uh, looked really hampered by that, that, that calf, which he tweaked and, and, and injured in the offseason. And, and Mike T, is, th- is this a situation where, you know, Joe Burrow takes, say, call it one step forward during the week and then going through the, the wear and tear of an NFL game kind of, you know, goes back to square one in terms of, of rehabbing that calf, like, is there a situation where you think the Bengals might sit him out and, and try to get to him 
try to get him to 100% before bringing him back in? Or is this just kind of an issue of, of getting him reps? No, I think he needs the reps, Cyrus. I, I, don't, I think medically they wouldn't put him out there unless he was cleared. So I think it was just rust. You know, mm. It just looked like, like that whole offense was sluggish. So um, I, my expectation is they'll play a lot better. And you know, let's give Cleveland even uh, credit. That defense played really good football. So I don't think it's a medical issue. I think it's just more of a, a rep issue. So Bills lose, Bengals lose, Chiefs lose to the upstart lines. Chiefs, though, getting good news. They hope to have Chris Jones and Travis Kelsey playing this Sunday at Jacksonville. Obviously, Kelsey coming off a, a bone bruise and, and Chris Jones coming out of a holdout. And Mike T, at least to me, it doesn't look like Chris Jones got a whole lot done in the holdout. Um, you know, still is able to to be franchise tagged next year. And obviously, you know, he's going to be, be gonna, going to be back playing again, but Mike T, did did Chris Jones, you think, do himself, you know, any favors down the road? W- was this holdout worth it? Yeah, I don't think so. Um, and as an agent, you have to say, hey, you know, my client, like, how, are we going to wait to week eight? Are we, you know, and you know, you look at what Saquon Barkley did, and they were able to get a solution a lot quicker. So, I agree. Um, just you know, based on what the details are reported, it just doesn't seem like um, that was a very beneficial decision by Chris Jones. Niners got to be feeling great. So do the Dolphins going cross-country, beating the Chargers in maybe, I would say, the, the, the most entertaining game of Week 1. Dolphins beat the Chargers 36-34. to Tua looked like the best quarterback in the NFL, 466 yards. The, the only downside for the Dolphins is that run defense looked uh, sort of like Swiss cheese at times. The Chargers ran for over 200 yards, 6 yards per carry. Mike T, uh, for that Dolphins run defense, you th- you think it was more of just, again, week one with a new defensive coordinator, Vic Fangio, or is this run defense something to worry about for the Dolphins? Uh, you know, do you, do you see that being a problem down the road and, and for the rest of the season continuously? I think it was a little bit of both. Like, we got to give the Dolphins credit. They did a great job. Um, they got the ball down the field. They protected Tua. I'm shocked without Armstead that Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack um, couldn't get more pressure. But um, overall, let's give a ton of credit to our, our, our hometown Dolphins here. and They did a great job, and we'll see if they can keep it rolling this week on a big Sunday night game against the Patriots. Week 2 starts tonight. The Vikings looking to bounce back after an embarrassing loss to the Buccaneers in Week 1. And could be a, a, a close one, could be high scoring, especially with the Eagles missing a couple big pieces in the defensive secondary. The Eagles, last time I saw it, Mike T favored by 6.5 points. Do you see Philly outright uh, winning this game, and do you see the Vikings keeping it close, or is it going to be Philly in a blowout? Yeah, I like the Eagles a lot today. You know, I thought the Patriots' defense is very good, but um, I think overall the Eagles will be a lot better on offense, much the way we're talking about the Mangles, get the rust off, and Jalen Carter was the, the best player on the field on Sunday for the Eagles. What game for the rest of the weekend, Sunday into Monday night, um, Mike T, are you, are you most looking forward to, most intrigued by? You know, there's a ton of games, but let, let's stay with that game for a second. You know, with Miami and New England, New England has a great defense. They're going to play a lot of man-to-man. They're going to stop the run with a light, lot, light box, and then they're going to play, you know, coverage over the top. So um, this will be a big test for Miami, and, boy, it would be a great opportunity for the Dolphins to go 2-0 on the road with a, a division win. So, um, I thought Mac Jones was better um, in terms of Bill O'Brien's impact on that side of the ball, but Big Fan Joe, to me, called up some very timely bit, uh, blitzes to end that game. 
Wrapping things up with our ESPN front office insider, Mike Tannenbaum. And Mike T, I liked your upset pick in week one. You had the Patriots possibly taking down the Eagles. And if the Patriots don't spot Philadelphia 13 points with a couple of turnovers in the first quarter, uh, Patriots definitely cover, and and they could have won that game. Mike T, do you have an upset pick, somebody you're looking at to uh, pull a little stunner here in, uh, in week two? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I think Minnesota is going to play well tonight against uh, Philadelphia because I think Philly's going to be, like we just talked about, be productive on both sides of the ball. But Kirk Cousins, to me, has the ability with Bradbury and Blankenship out to put up a lot of points. So while I like Philadelphia, I think it's going to be a very close game. Good stuff. Mike T, as always, appreciate your time. Uh, hope you enjoy, I know you enjoyed week one as much as the rest of us did. Uh, enjoy the weekend, and we'll talk again next week. Okay, thanks so much.